չեմ անում կարող եք հիշեք 4-ցատ հարց եմ ես ծեզանից արել մեր հարաբերության մասին որ աստծո այդ ունենք I don't know if you can remember but I have asked four questions from you in connection with our relationship to the Lord կարող եք հիշեք այդ հարցերը ինչ հարցեր են Առաջին, Is there intimacy? Արդյոք մեր հարաբերությունը աստծո հետ մտերիմ հարաբերություն է, որպես մատ ընկերու հարազատը շատ մի 4 եւ պաշտոնապես։ The second question is whether the relationship that we have with the Lord is it a warm intimate one or is a very formal and superficial one? Երրորդ ինչ էր? What was the third question? չորորդը Can you remember the fourth one? Sa asvavel matermutyuna amen nuinerer vor asvav. A shashrakan. Mer haraperutyuna astotsohet siraharakan haraperutyune te porpes partakanutyune. The relationship we have with the Lord is it a love relationship or is it just a duty? Sarank Ամեն ժողովի մեջ ցանց մասին մե 3-4 շաբաթ որ էս խոսեցել եմ առանձին բացատրել ենք I have given you explanation and I've expanded on these issues in three or four previous meetings Եվ շատ լավ է որ մենք մեզի քննենք եւ թեստ տանենք ես հարցերով And it is very important that we analyze how we stand in connection with these questions Իսկ այսօրվան բաժինը 5-րդ հարցը The fifth question that we're dealing with today մեր հարաբերությունը աստծո հետ կենթանի հարաբերություն է The relationship with the Lord that we have is it a live relationship I think շոշափելի մեր հարաբերությունը Is it a tangible relationship Եվ իրական է Is it real Եթե ասում ենք կենթանի հարաբերություն I think իրական հարաբերություն When we are talking about a living relationship we're talking about a true honest relationship. You've come here today and you can see me. If you return to your homes and a member of family that isn't here today and asks you who was preaching here today you will answer that brother ed was was preaching yeah, we saw him and we had tea with him we shook hands we hugged one another and this is the sort of conversation we had with him and he says what are you talking about 
How can this be? I've seen Brother Edward today in uh, central London. Yes, sir, you are moting. I was with him. What will you answer? Can someone convince you that you haven't seen me today? And, and try and convince you that you think you've met Brother Edward, but that wasn't him. No one can put such a doubt in your mind. Because you have seen me in person. It wasn't a dream. And you weren't imagining it. Yes, you weren't meditating either. Uh, they haven't hoodwinked you either. And it wasn't my double, I was here in person. And when we are talking about a relationship that is alive, it's one that's honest and is tangible. And we, therefore we are not talking about a relationship that is imaginary, that is dead or not real. The word of God teaches us that God is a living God. And if you read Psalm 115, He is not like idols are gods. Some of these idols have hands, but there is no function in them. They have legs and feet, but they cannot walk. They have mouths, but they cannot utter words. Idols have eyes, but they cannot see. Some of these idols have ears, but they cannot hear. And cannot sense, cannot And cannot comprehend anything. Cannot decide anything. And cannot have a will. Our God is not such a God. Our God is a living God. Has a mouth and speaks. Has eyes and can see. Has hands and he can move them. Not the sort of hand that we can see something else special. God has a mind and he can think has feeling and he can sense, has a will and he puts it into action. God is a living God. And in first John it says, uh, life came to be. And we saw that life. And that life existed in his son. And we touched that life. And we saw it with our own eyes. And we heard the words of that life. And the witness that we are giving to it is about this life. 
I want to expand on this further. I think an inch yerpor menk astutoit kentani harapirikunulen. What do we mean when we say we have a living relationship with the Lord? Yev irarchun kinche. And what is the result of a living relationship with the Lord? Yerpor menk astutoit kentani harapirikunulen. When we have a living relationship with the Lord, irarchun kisaelinum vor Christosalinum emerkyanke. The result is that He becomes our life. He is our life. In John 14:15, this is what is written. Because I live, you live. Beautiful words. Because I live, you live. Jesus said, I have come that you have life and you have it in full. And if you uh, study Jesus' life in the Bible, his life was always in fullness. He was the prince of life. He was the spring of life. He was the perfume of life. He was the bread of life. Water of life. Uh, the gate of life. He is life and he is resurrection. He has the fullness of life in him. And he has not come to give us a religion. He has not come to give us a knowledge. He hasn't come to give us stories, fantasies. He has come in order to give us life and give us in fullness so that we have this living relationship, a real relationship. I remember there was a young man in our church. He was a very good believer. He was a very strong believer. He was in love with the Lord. He used to study the Bible. He used to pray a lot. Attended meetings regularly. And his parents were very uncomfortable about this. Uh, one day his father told him, Son, how long are you going to pray? What for you read this book so much? Why are you going to church so much? Haven't you got a life to live? Haven't you got something to do? Do you know what he replied? Father, he said, Jesus Christ is my life. He is the meaning to my life. He is the center of my life. Without him, life is futile to me. Anything that do, it's as a result of his spirit. Uh, I'm sure men are wearing shirts today. Yes, and I think women wear blouses that have buttons. 
If you don't put the top button in the right buttonhole, all the way down, the buttons will be out of place. Remember, if you imagine, if you put the first one in the second buttonhole, the rest carries on to be lopsided. Jesus is the first in our life, is the beginning of our life. If he has the rightful place in our lives, everything else will fall in the right place. If Jesus does not have his rightful place in our lives, our life will lose its meaning, will lose its purpose and flavor. And uh, it will lose the direction of life. Uh, in this country, we've, we've had Christian uh, scientists and knowledgeable people and non-Christians. And one of them who wasn't a believer, his name is was Bertram Russell. And he has a book by the title of Why I Am Not a Christian. And this book has been translated into Farsi. He was an atheist. Uh, And he gave a thesis in the world. And as a result of reading his thesis, yeah, many polo, young people lost their direction in life. And those who followed his philosophy, uh, they came to a very sad end. He asked three questions in his thesis. We don't know where we have come from. And why we live. And where we are going. Three very hopeless questions. We don't know where we've come from. In other words, we don't know who our creator is. We don't know. We don't even know why we should be living. And we don't know where we're going to end when we die. What a despondent thesis. Uh, the followers of this thesis. Life has no meaning for them. Where are we come from? From nothing. Where are we going? Nowhere. Why are we living? For nothing. Therefore, let us eat, drink, be merry, because this is all life is about. When Bertrand Russell died, newspapers wrote about him. They wrote about him. He was a man who never had peace in his life. Because life had no purpose for him. But praise the Lord that one book only and answers fully the three questions. The book of life tells us where we've come from, for why we live, and what our destiny is. Praise the Lord. When Jesus becomes our life, 
Our life has meaning. When you ask somebody, how are you? What do they answer? Just, just about breathing. What kind of a life is this? What is their meaning when they say we're just about a life clinging to the wreckage? Life for people, for the sun to rise, not so often in England, then there is some kind of life, light, and we wake up, uh, the physical life is that. We get washed, get dressed, have our breakfast and go for our uh, jobs and for our different problems until lunchtime. Have, have something to eat for lunch. Have our tea and coffee. Carry on with our programs until it's night. Have our supper. Just occupy ourselves somehow. Television, TV maybe. Computer, behind our computers. On the phone, on the internet. Uh, different entertainments, parties and things. Until it's bedtime. Go to sleep. Wake up. And repeat it all over again. Day in day out, this kind of boring life becomes very repetitive. I don't believe that this is what God has created us for. He has, when God he created us, he had much higher purpose for us. The meaning of life is far over and above this. Brother Edward was participating in a memorial service. Uh, one of the speakers was a non-believer. Uh, and people who were gathered there were our neighbors and they were not believers. Were... And what was this man saying? Life is similar to a sweet that we may put in our mouths. Uh, once you've sucked the sweet and it's finished, that's it. The sweetness is gone. No flavor left. And this friend of ours who died was like a candy and he's now finished, gone. And he thought that he was saying very nice things. And I thought to myself, what does it mean? When the sweet is finished, life is finished, no meaning. But I realized how different is their mentality, thinking from ours. Our life has a much higher purpose and meaning than that. Because it is an eternal life. 
This life is the short little switch. The main reality is going to start afterwards. When we go into his presence. When we enter eternity and from then on there is no separation between him and us. So how important it is that he is our life. And for us to realize that outside of him nothing can fulfill and satisfy us. And the second benefit that it has, when he is our life, and we have this living relationship with him, as it was said before, this is a life of reality. Allow me to read a portion of the Bible for you. Second Peter. Second Peter 16 to 18. We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the uh, majestic glory saying, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. Pay attention to what Peter is saying. Uh, we are not following fantasies and stories. It's a beautiful word. Here. We are not telling you a story. Uh, we have not come here just to chat with you. We are not following a religion. What we are following is reality itself. We have not entered into an imaginary world. We are not dreaming. We are not following other people's examples. They have not forced us to do or say something. They have not hoodwinked us. They have not given us meditation. We have not seen visions. We have met him. We have heard directly from him. We have seen his glory. And to what we are witnessing is what we have seen and heard. This is a real relationship, a live relationship. 
We are reading something similar from uh, Acts 22 verses 14 to 15.. Kanzi polor martots archev anor vkam piti las ein paneru hamar voron tesar ulasetsir. Act 22 verses 14 and 15. Then he said, The God of our fathers has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. And now, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on his name. They were talking about real happenings. They were not preaching religion. They were sharing their experience. This is what Bill Graham said. Uh, I was going from a prayer meeting and I was to go and preach somewhere else uh, when I came out of the prayer meeting uh, I saw that there were a crowd of people uh, chatting to one another outside the meeting two groups one group were group of believers the, the other group were non-believers uh, and the believers were trying to prove to the non-believers that God exists. And the others would not accept. When Billy Graham came out, they called on him and said, uh, please, Billy Graham, come and prove to the non-believers that God exists. Uh, he was in a hurry. He didn't have much time. But he tells them something very brief. He said, I've just come from having been with God. I've had visitation with him. Do you want to meet with him? Go inside. There's prayer going on there. You will meet with him. <laughs> And then for yourselves you will believe that he is. Uh, what an apt and fitting answer. We have a living, a real relationship with him. This is so important. Uh, until eventually he repented, Brother Edward's father was a non-believer. And it took him many, many years until he repented. And he gave them a very hard time. Uh, he used to take the mickey out of us. In particular, he used to take the mickey out of heaven and hell. And one day he said to me, Edward, if you depart from this world and you find that there's absolutely nothing there. You will feel really cheated. Because a whole life you have hoped that there's going to be a hell 
Because that hope has given me joy. Make whole life. And a whole life that hope has enabled me to live a good, fulfilled life. A whole life that hope has given me joy and vitality. Now I have a question to put to you. Now you depart from this world. You who say nothing exists. And you open your eyes and you find yourself in hell. Then what will you do? I haven't lost anything. What will you do when you find yourself in hell? Uh, he was never lost for words. Uh, he was in his own way quite a powerful creature. He always had a quick, smart answer. After this question, he lost his tongue. He started thinking. Got worried. He was anxious. Supposing there is a hell, then what will I do? There is no way out of it. He's not going to lose anything. Yes, what will I do, a wretched human being? And this question put him in so much turmoil that eventually he repented. That was one of the ways of getting him to Another time, Yes, some uh, relatives of Brother Edward were taking the mickey out. Poor Edward was a young man then. The relatives were telling me, you're reading the Bible all the time, you're praying, you're going to church, what for? All right, follow it, but a little bit, not to this extent. Occasionally go to church, a couple of times a year. Just before you step, just do a quick hymer and go to sleep. In the morning say, in your name and... Go on your way. Why have you? Why are you following to this extent? <laughs> this will not translate. I think sure that I have a question to put to you. This word of God is it true or is it not true? Just give me one word answer, yes or no. Of course, it's true. We believe. They took the Bible from Brother Abraham. put it on their We are not without faith. Of course, we believe. Another question. Is Jesus alive or dead? 
اصلا آیو مکارتون است آن هواد هنگ هواتو مگنا گنتانی چیشته Of course he's alive. Do you think we don't believe? Do you believe that Jesus will return again as Kamak? Of course we believe that Jesus will come again. Is hell and heaven right or wrong? Of course it's true. If it's a lie, if it's a lie, why should I just follow it a little bit? Why should I read it only a little bit? Why should I go to church only a little bit? If you think it's a lie, then I shouldn't even go a little bit. I should never go there. And in fact, I should be the opposite of that. Because you say it could be a lie. But if it's true, if it's real, the amount I'm following is not even enough. I have to sacrifice my life for it. I have to give my all for it. Because the truth and reality is worthy of me sacrificing my all for it. This is what the apostles used to say. Why are we sacrificing our lives? Because we believe that what we have accepted is the reality. It is not imagination. It is not fiction and stories. It is not visions and dreams. It is reality. Do you remember when Jesus was walking on the sea? The students were in the boat. They saw Jesus was walking on the water. They thought that they were imagining things. They thought that they were seeing visions that Jesus is walking on the water. What did Jesus tell them? Never doubt. Have the assurance. It is I. Don't be afraid. He had told them this. Immediately after that, what does Peter say? If it is you, tell me and I will follow you. If it is you. If it is you. This is Menken. We are exactly like Peter. We don't believe that it is the reality. Jesus called to him, come so that you can be sure that it is me. Uh, Jesus was alive. Yes. The angels had met with the women and told the ladies, go and tell the others that Jesus they have come and they've given the that we met with the angels. We saw the empty tomb. And they gave us this message to bring to you. Why are you seeking the living in the dead? What reaction did the students show? What did they say? Did they believe? His disciples, his own students. Isn't it interesting? Uh, don't lose hope about yourselves. They were not much better. But fortunately, they did not remain in that state of doubt. 
They thought that what the ladies were saying was fiction. It's women telling us fiction. They have fabricated this. This has come out of ladies' meetings. It's not real. Can a dead person become alive? The way especially that they killed him. And that very night they see Jesus. From closed doors, he's, he goes to them, he says, peace be with you. They're looking at him. Yeah, bewildered. They're backing away from him. This must be a spirit we're seeing. This cannot be him. It's a spirit. How much patience Jesus must have had for them. He came closer to them. You who have non-believers, how many times I must tell them, how many times I told you that I have to go to the cross, I have to be buried and I have to be resurrected. Why don't you believe? Come and touch. If I'm a spirit, spirit does not have flesh and bone. Come and touch. But I have a body. Touch. Look at it and touch it. Can he ate bread and fish with them so that they would believe that he's not a spirit? The spirit, the Holy Spirit, has come here to It's the spirit of truth. In order to tell us that he is the reality. We had a sister where she was filled by the Holy Spirit. I asked him, what happened to you when you got here? One thing happened. From my faith, I got more faith. I had the assurance that whatever I was believing is the truth. At that time, our relationship with the relationship with my brothers and sisters. I want to finish my word. If we believe that we have a living and true relationship with the Lord, the way we pray, our prayer life will change. At the beginning of the meeting, uh, our sister Sylvia was a bit... Yes, because there wasn't enough people in the hall. And she said that I'm a bit despondent. But at that moment, I prayed a prayer for her. Heavenly Father, help. So that... Not only Sylvia, but the rest of us will see Vortev that you are here. Because primarily we have come here to meet with you. I have participated in meetings where thousands of people have been. But I have sometimes not felt and experienced that Jesus was there. But sometimes alone in my room. And I have felt me very close to him. And I have visitation with him. 
This is our need today, to meet with him alive, to have this living, alive relationship, fellowship. Open our eyes so that we understand the Let every one of us pray and ask him to open our spiritual eyes so that we can have a living relationship. I want two or three of you to pray loud. In loud voices, please. And let us all unite in that
հայրաստված իսկապես ուզում ենք որ ամեն մեկից փորձարությունը ստալինի որ այսօր լսացինք կոխոսկից Heavenly Father we dearly want that what we heard today will be the experience of everyone of us Մենք պետրոսինման Պովանեսինման Like John Պողոսինման Like Paul Եվ մնացած առաքյալների նման And like the other apostles I thank for to say i'm worth selling what we have seen i'm worth selling what we have heard i'm worth chashakeling what we have tasted i'm worth shoshapeling what we have touched aynenk patmontes that is what we are telling i'm worth portseling what we have experienced in our own lives yerknayin hayr heavenly father mer hokvachkerin aveli patsir open our spiritual eyes more vor մենք միշտ քեզի մեր դիմացը տեսնենք so that we can always see you face to face ինչտեվ դավիթն ասում as david said տերոջը դրիմ աշկի առաջ i place the lord in front of my eyes միշտ always եւ դրա համար չեմ կայթաղվել and that is why i don't fall anymore into դրա համար չեմ սասանվել that's why i have not become shy որովհետեւ տերը միշտ իմ աշկից առաջ because he's always in front of me հայրաստված օկնի որ միշտ մենք կարողանանք քեզի նայենք եւ մտիկ տանք քեզի Heavenly Father help us always to gaze at you and to listen to you Եվ իսկ այսօր լսացինք կենթանի հարաբերության խորուրդը մեր համար բացվի եւ բարձվի եւ հայտնվի And as we heard today the true meaning of a living relationship becomes clarified for us There is Jesus name Վստահեմ սա մեր աղոթների ձևը կփոխի I am sure This will change our prayer life. Մեր եկեղեցու գալու ձևը կփոխի։ The way we attend church it will change. Եվ մեր կյանքի շատ բաները կփոխվի երբ որ իմանանք որ այն որ հավատում ենք 100-ից 100% կենթանի է, շոշափելի է եւ իրականություն է։ And so many things in our life will change when we have the assurance that what we know what we hear is true and is tangible. Մի երկենք ուզում երկենք որ այսօր երկանք զբումը հայերենով շատ սիրուն եւ նոր երկեր We want to sing again a song a new one that we is very beautiful and we sang at the beginning of our meeting There after կարող եք հայ երկի մեր համար Somebody has to look after the children Ուզում ես որ դիտա կան չեք իրան Ա կան չեք իրան դա որ նա դա լավ կառավարավ այս երկը ես ինքս լավ չեմ Oh, man. 
the love of the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with every one of us. Amen.